Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Domestic violence is something that far too many individuals have dealt with in their lifetime. But for the most part, an act of domestic violence affects those closest to the situation. On November 19th, 2018, a man arrived at his ex-fiance's workplace with an anger that would affect not just the couple, but strangers who had nothing to do with the situation. A crime that, according to many, could have been avoided altogether. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On November 19th, 2018, at around 3 p.m., patients and employees inside the Mercy Hospital and Medical Center in Chicago, Illinois, were shocked to hear the popping sounds of a gun being discharged nearby. What they didn't know at the time was that one of the emergency room doctors, a 38-year-old woman named Tamara O'Neill, had gotten into a verbal argument with her ex-fiance in the parking lot that ended with him pulling the trigger and her crumbling to the asphalt. According to a witness, Tamara ran over to a group begging for help while on the phone with 911. She cried out that the man was going to kill her while the man was heard demanding the engagement ring back. He quickly came back with a gun, found out she did not have the ring, and shot Tamara six times. Clearly not finished with his rampage, the man then entered the hospital and began shooting others inside, firing about 40 shots before the police arrived about 30 minutes later and engaging in a shootout. When the smoke cleared and the hospital was secured, four victims lay dead at the hands of the shooter. They were Tamara O'Neill, who called off her October wedding the month before, 25-year-old Dana Less, a pharmacy resident and graduate of Purdue University, who was planning to go home for Thanksgiving in just a few short days, along with her own fiancé, 28-year-old Samuel Jimenez, a police officer and father of three who arrived at the scene and had only been a full-fledged officer for a few months, and 32-year-old Juan Lopez, 
the gunman in the deadliest hospital shooting in U.S. history in over 20 years, and Tamara's ex-fiance. As statements were made to the police officers, one doctor said that when he heard Tamara had been shot, a woman he had worked alongside for eight hours that very day, his first instinct was to rush outside to try and help her. When he did, he noticed the shooter was moving towards them and instead was barricaded into a break room with other staff and patients by the responding officers. One of the directors at Mercy Hospital, a man named Dr. Patrick Connor, watched the hospital security tapes during the shooting and watched as his co-workers stepped up and protected themselves, their patients, and all the visitors. So much so that when the shooter made his way through the building, he found the hallways completely deserted. Countless lives were saved that day, though the pain and terror remained. According to those there that day, Juan walked into the lobby after shooting Tamara and opened fire on the first officers to arrive at the scene. He confronted Dana Less and another co-worker who had just gotten off the elevator only to be placed in the middle of chaos. He told them to get the fuck out of here and both women turned towards the lobby entrance to try and leave. The co-worker was able to make it out, but Dana wasn't so lucky. Other testimonies told how Juan attempted to get into the pharmacy in the middle of his rampage, jiggling the door, shouting into the window, and demanding entry. He then got into a gunfight with Officer Jimenez, and after suffering from an injury, decided to take his own life. After identifying Juan Lopez as the shooter, police began looking into his life to try and find a possible motive for the shooting. They found Juan had a valid firearm owner's identification card and a concealed carry permit, and had over the course of five years, purchased four different firearms. He was also a man who had previously threatened to shoot up the Chicago Fire Academy after he was terminated as a trainee for improper conduct towards women and aggressive and improper conduct, and who, four years prior, had the wife with whom he was separating from file for a protection order because of his threats, harassment, and threatening conduct with a gun. Despite all of this, his weapons remain legally his. Police, in the aftermath of the hospital shooting, believed that the whole incident was an act of domestic violence, that every other victim was simply a product of that rage he felt towards Tamara. Dana Lessa's father sued Mercy Hospital and its security firm, claiming their, quote, systematic failures allowed a domestic incident to escalate into a triple homicide. In the suit, they went on to further claim that the company's, quote, completely failed to take even the most basic and simple safety and security measures that would have prevented Dana's murder and cited the security footage which showed Juan loitering around the lobby for 90 minutes before the shooting. No one ever approached him to ascertain his visit's purpose nor to see if he was a security threat. As far as my research could tell, the case has not reached an outcome. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on November 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.